What are you doing Saturday night? Uh, probably putting out more Christmas decorations, if I'm being honest. Nah, cancel it. So, Mr. 305 <laughs> is playing the HP Pavilion. Oh. I think this is, this is kind of the, the most <clears throat> musical overlap this show has until my whole Taylor Swift uh, concert lottery idea pans out. But yeah. We will be the close. This I I don't know. Is there a venue closer that uh Mister that Pitbull would ever play? I don't think he's he's like a Bill Graham type. I don't know. He 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 would play at Chase Center, wouldn't he? Or is he is he not popular enough still to play there? I'm not sure he's big enough. Like because he had you remember the thing with uh, Pitbull where uh, everybody on the internet Mr. tried Mr. to send him to yeah where they tried to send him to Alaska. <laughs> I va- I vaguely remember that, yeah. Yeah, that w- that was not cool, but but that's the thing where Pitbull is kind of along the lines of Guy Fieri, where he he's a te- he, not not a team how, player. How, but he, how, how dare you? What are you talking about? You don't think they're contemporaries? <laughs> they're both. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's 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 not that's that's not fair. They're both very very. They 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 both get their money, and they're both savvy people that know how to laugh at themselves a little bit. Oh, they know, is, they know I didn't know that about Pitbull. Is he self-aware? He totally is. No, that's oh, the whole okay. thing of like there was there was a there was a dumb internet thing where people were gaming a, a like a a, a poll where Wal- like you could you could like Walmart had partnered with uh Pitbull and they were like going to send him to whatever new store had the most excited fans or something but then it, it got on like this is like 2008 so it was like probably like Dig or something and like people sent him to like some remote part of Alaska. And he was into it. He was just like, like, fuck it. Like, th- this is silly and this is dumb, but I'm not going to be uh, like a sourpuss about it. And he, he embraced it. And that's the thing where like Guy Fieri has gotten super into, he knows what he presents as. And he is like, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm rich. I get paid. I do cool stuff and I'm willing to laugh at myself. It's, yeah. Okay. That, that actually, that, that makes me kind of like Pitbull. Yeah. I, Fieri's I living, living his best life. Like, I mean, like he, I don't know, like. Yeah, life doesn't have to be that serious. I don't. I, I don't believe that, but I think he believes that. <laughs> uh, anyway, and the only reason I brought that up is that because when I googled this earlier, because I, I, I there's a, a website called bandsintown.com, which is which is a good which is a good app and website, but it'll alert you based on your musical tastes of when there's performances happening. And I don't know, Pitbull is not one of my artists that I track, but for mm. some reason, I thought I needed to know that. And then I saw that he was playing the um, SAP Center, nay, uh, HP Pavilion. I Googled it, and I did not remember that it was for one lonely year called the uh, the Compaq Center. Compaq Center, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's weird. It should have been called the Presario, another word that starts with P that's not Pavilion. It, it should still just be called the HP Pavilion, because that is the perfect sports arena name. It is, and also like, in, well, I mean, it just it made so much sense with the computer name, but also I, I I challenge one out of every thirty Americans to explain what SAP does. <laughs> yeah, I was I, gonna say I I, I, I broadened it out to American to Americans because I feel like in the Bay Area you can get maybe get one in ten, but I barely know what they do. I was gonna say I actually I'm not entirely sure I could give a very succinct answer as to what they do either. They make database technology. I, I was going to say something, they're something kind, database. They're, yeah. they're, they're Oracle-ish, except they're, they're not run by a douchebag. I don't know. 
Larry Ellison's bad. For, anyway. Um, so yeah, so Pitbull, if people, if, if we somehow, sorry, this is mostly on me, not you. If, if somehow this episode goes up before Saturday, you can get tickets to uh, the Pitbull show. And actually how much are they? Oh, suddenly this is not like a Taylor Swift situation. I, I tickets are readily available and I do not have to, <laughs> uh, that's wow. That's really affordable. And Dave, Dave, um, there you go. Yeah. 60 bucks. I, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like you have to go. I feel like we would get a lot of good content from that. No, I'm not going to San Jose. I might, my, San Jose is it might as well be might, might as well be Seattle. I, it, it, no. Wait. Wow. No. I, I was I was looking at the good seats. If you go for the nosebleeds, twenty nine bucks. Really? Wow. You have to go. They, that uh, housemates plural first concert. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Uh, I, I like, yeah, I assume like the uh, Pitbull is, this is this generation's Peppa Pig live. So, yeah. There was a Peppa Pig love uh, yet. Um, we, we have some, at least one Peppa Pig book in this house. We, we, for Halloween, we had a Peppa Pig book that, that the, the housemate, new housemate really liked from, Um, from the podcast I listened to that vaguely overlap into parenting. Uh, I feel like uh, like it might be that's there's more of that in your future because Pinkalicious and Peppa Pig have a big overlap in terms of. My oh, is is there some kind of crossover series there? There's not, but it's just mm. it's just their piece in a pot, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they all start with P, so alliteration. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Well, do you want to? We haven't recorded in three weeks, so we, there's a lot that we haven't gotten to. But did you follow? Were you tangentially aware of the Taylor Swift stuff? I was, yeah. As I saw some headlines about that um, on the on the drive down. Did you have any intent of getting tickets, or is mm-hmm. that a young person's thing? Well, it, it's partially a young person's thing, and it's also like you know, I I was lucky enough to do it the last time she was up here, um, and I, you know, I, I, I don't. This might be an unpopular opinion with you. I'm not really sure, but. Like to me, like I love 1989, and that that was the tour that she was on, you know, when we saw her, and so I don't, I don't feel like there would be any topping that. So, so no, I, I don't huh. have a strong desire to to go again. And I, I can well, tell so- you firsthand that the logistics of going to a concert at Levi Stadium, coming from San Francisco, uh, is is not not great. What are you talking about? I thought your car drives itself. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it I re- I remember because it was. I think the day that we went was also like a Friday, which made it even like less optimal. And for an eight o'clock concert, we started driving down at two, and actually ended up getting there okay. at like. It does not. T- it does not take six hours. To well, get we had heard some like I. horror stories with like parking and everything, so we we actually ended up getting to our seats. You know at six or something and isn't um, there it doesn't bart now go down to at least all the way there i don't think yeah but you could t- you could take an uber f- or or the bus or, or you can take something from that as a director be how do you say that word that wouldn't be a bad idea i don't think bart because i think that's relatively new uh, so i don't think oh, that was an yeah. option when we went to to see t swift uh but but no <laughs> sh- short answer is um did it once it was awesome don't don't really have a strong desire to do it again 
Mm. What about well, what about you? You must have this. This must be something you want to do because you've talked about wanting to go to a concert before. Oh no! Like I, I go to I go to many concerts, but it's just that I've I've this is the whole thing that I've sure I've discussed many times on on the show, which is that I I have that dream that like Taylor Swift would there would be a global lottery that I would be able to rig so that I would win, and like she would play like in in like Berkeley or something like a hundred person venue and you just get to have a great time it would not be a money-making situation for her but it would just be some type of like pro bono thing she would do right because yeah the, the idea of being around one i still this goes back to the 49ers and many other things but i i just resent the levi stadium existing <laughs> at all but it's mostly related to the 49ers where why can't they just be called the santa clara 49ers yeah that that whole it's, situation it, 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 I feel I, I thought I would get used to it after a while, but it's been it's, it's still dumb. six, seven years now, and it's still bad. Yeah, like every every time they refer to them on as like the San Francisco 49ers, especially like on a national broadcast, oh, I, it's and, like, and all, I, and, I'm like they're not really in San Francisco anymore. Well, and all and all the wraparound shots are like, oh hey, like, we we flew we flew a drone or a, like a blimp over the the Bay Bridge. Like no, it's 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 forty miles away. <laughs> it is again basically might as well be in the state of washington um yeah so that's the thing where just like that whole thing doesn't really appeal to me um and just being around like i i in the bay area the average age of attendee would be higher i guess but just being around a bunch of like 17 year olds screaming off key to all too well is not my idea of fun oh no i actually i disagree with you there i think the 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 vibe as you would say um is is actually kind of a lot of fun well i don't know well, but, i guess i thought it was fun at the time maybe now i wouldn't but think again, so you, you as much. were young then uh, yeah it does it was only i think it was only like like six years five ago. five years ago yeah five years ago i saw her it, it does feel like a million years ago though i mean anything yeah. anything pre-2020 feels like it may as well have been a decade ago because well, time relentlessly relentlessly marches forward it does but that's the thing where um have you have you ever watched any of her concert videos i haven't although i should so the are 1989 the, are those, like are those on like Netflix or something? Well, so 1989 was a weird uh rights situation where it was um a co-production or at least licensed to. This was in this was after did she didn't call it Thoughts on Music, did she? Back she, when is Taylor Swift had a fight to, with Eddie Q. She going to have to re-record this or something? Well, no, no, she had she had a fight with Eddie Q like back when Apple Music came out and then they were doing like this, "Hey, get 3 or 6 months free and we're not going to pay the artist during it." And then she took a whole stand. Part That's of the right. resolution to that was that she did a deal with Apple Music where they distributed the concert video for 1989. Oh, yeah. Which, I, I, yeah, okay. So I don't know, because that was a weird thing, because like that was before Apple TV Plus existed. So I don't know if it's still on Apple Music. My my copy uh, fell off a truck. But again, I, ha I had an Apple Music subscription at the time, so it's fine. No no court will convict me. Um, But that is, like, that's the thing where, like, watching that which is a uh, it's a concert i watch probably like six times a year like it's it's a great show like that's much more fun to me and i can watch that like in the quiet great sound of like my my fancy tv and my sound bar like that's that's hmm. very enjoyable and even though reputation was not a good album she did a netflix concert special that is available on netflix in 4k that's a good show and it and it's got enough uh of the old stuff to make it worthwhile even though reputation was kind of a snooze of an album but that's the whole thing about the so going back to the present day 
the Eras Tour one. This was supposed to be a culmination of like it's going to be a performance of like over a decade worth of music. So even if you've kind of fallen off and you didn't really get on board with her pandemic albums and I feel like you probably still haven't listened to much of Midnight's. No. Yeah. Shame on you, but yeah. yeah. Um also fun fact or not fun fact but something people should be aware of that I wasn't until somebody told me. She like within a week released an expanded edition. She released uh Midnight's the 3 AM edition that has like six bonus songs. Uh I thought it, I thought of, it which li- are very good. I thought it literally came out the same night. I thought Midnight's came out at midnight and then like 3 hours later she came out with that extended version. Oh, I thought that, I thought that was the whole thing. That might be true. I don't know. Again, I'm I'm old, so I I I go to sleep late, and my sleep schedule is terrible. But it's not intentional, so it's so I don't stay up and do productive things. So yeah, so I I do not remember that. But yeah, but there's um there's two and a half good songs out of out of the six, or that really resonate with me. But anyway, the the concert thing is 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 dumb for a lot of reasons because like Taylor Swift is a very 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 successful and popular artist, and the whole situation is silly so can can you explain do you do you know what happened the time like in like what the phases were phases of of like the ticket rollout thing why well, and, it, and the same the deals as, that were struck yeah it's the same as like every major concert that Ticketmaster facilitates where there's like a few days or a week of like special access um releases so I, a lot of times it's like partnerships with credit cards and things like that right See, i didn't know that oh yeah well, so, That's, so I mean, that, that was how i mean that was how um we got tickets to that concert you know six seven years ago it was it was like a amex thing or something well, that's okay. So, okay. So two things here. So there were, there were different layers uh, or phases or like, were you, were you in vaccination group 2A or whatever? Like it was like a different <laughs> role. Um, and all ties back to the pandemic. Um, if this, so there were, there was the very, you had a thing with Ticketmaster, which I, I, I don't, I guess I don't like acts big enough where this has ever has been a thing, but there's, they have a technology solution, which did not work uh, called verified fan where you somehow like share your social media or you do something that proves your or helps mitigate the fact that you're not a bot and that you actually like the artist you're trying to buy tickets to. So there was that where you registered for that like a week or two in advance, I think. And then you got a code that helped you get into the pre-sale thing. And then there was also this other thing where I was on Instagram and I didn't understand why I was seeing more capital one ads than usual. And like, who has a Capital One card? Like, I mean, what year is it? So, like, I didn't understand why that was a thing. And the ads would say, like, uh, Taylor Swift fans, like, breathe easy. Or, like, it had, like it was, not a, it was not a good marketing angle and didn't explain why. And then eventually I figured out that in order to access early tickets or to have the opportunity to buy tickets to this thing, you had to have an extremely specific type of credit card, which... I think that's silly and kind of kind of thumbs down in Taylor Swift's org's direction. Like that that's mm. but yeah, during the whole pre-sale thing, apparently there were maybe 4 or 5 million tickets available in total or something. Wait, well so wait, what's there were like 60 shows and let's say average stadium capacity of 40,000. What is that? Okay, 2.5 million. Yeah, like apparently Ticketmaster's website 
even with all the pre-sale and the fan codes and all that kind of stuff, crashed under the pressure. And apparently with very popular Ticketmaster events, there's a thing where you try to get around like all the Cloudflare stuff and the thing where you actually get it to the website and it doesn't think you're a bot. And then you enter your code and then you get put into a lobby, which has like a max of like 2,000 people. And then you wait and wait and wait and then try to buy a ticket and then your credit card doesn't go through. Like it's it was apparently a, a whole thing. And then everybody got mad and it became like a meme on the internet. And then like Amy Klobuchar is now saying they're going to investigate. Like it's, it was a whole thing. And it, I, it's, it's fun because it's a very popular artist that I enjoy, but like the, everybody's known Ticketmaster sucked for a long time. What, how, how is the fact that somebody like teenagers didn't get tickets to a, a very popular show is now the reason that we care about antitrust? I don't know. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I had already kind of known that I didn't have, you know, an, an interest in trying to go to one of these. Um, and that's, you know, doubly more so given that this this whole ticket thing is, is exactly the type of thing that, you know, a handful of years ago I, I would have dealt with and, you know, still tried to, you know, get a ticket. But now I just, I don't have any patience for the, like you know, clicking a website a million times and hoping it loads like that. That whole thing is just, um, well, as you said earlier, a a young man's game that I just, you know, don't want to play anymore. Yeah. Like I, I appreciate it. And like the, like I, I genuinely really, really love Taylor Swift's music. And I can say I have the lyrics memorized for, I think 95% of her songs, like word for word, like the constitution, Far less so, but Taylor Swift's discography, kind of nailing it. <laughs> but like, I, 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 this, this, this whole thing is silly, and it's mostly just the cynic in me that that the whole like whenever I like, you know how the whole thing they're always like, oh, Congress has a sixteen percent approval rating, that kind of resonates with me, and I, and it's the it's the it's the dumb grandstanding, and Amy Klobuchar thinks she's going to be president, she's not. And she's now, this is this is the thing where she wants to enforce consumer protection laws like she's trying to cosplay Elizabeth Warren or whatever. And just, it's, it just, just no. People can't, the, the, um, markets in the United States have been unregulated, uh, overly unregulated. Sorry, what's the term? Deregulated for far too long. And apparently the fact that people can get Taylor Swift tickets, that's now, that's now where we're drawing the line. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just silly. But in summation, uh, I have no interest in going to this. Uh, but uh, Midnight's is a solid album, and um, you should finally get around to listening to it. I should. It is. Well, I mean, your kids are still young enough where it, it is. it has more swearing in it than most Taylor Swift has previously. But wait, Ashley, is your eldest housemate? It would, 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 when, when do kids start picking up words they hear adults say? You know, that, that's actually not even really the problem with her. Well, it, it actually is starting to become kind of a problem with her. She is turning Swearing? into a, a bit of, just a bit of a parrot. Um, but no, the bigger problem with her is she has a very specific list of music that she wants to listen to. And if we try to play any music that's not on said list, she objects. Um which is kind <laughs> of she, cute does also she, does she pay the mortgage <laughs> although the, the thing that she does do which I, I i don't think i've ever mentioned this on the show but I, I think i've told you offline online um is when we try to play 
music like on our phones, she, you know, angrily points towards whatever Sonos speaker is in the room and demands well, yeah, that yeah. It, it, it gets played on the Sonos speaker, which well, I, yeah, that, I appreciate. That, that was endearing is that she's an audio, like a budding audiophile. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Wait, so what, 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 so wait, what's, what's on the approved playlist? Is it kids I, music I should, or is I, it just adult I, music? I should, I should share with you the Apple um, music playlist that we have. That's, it, you know, it's a lot of Coco Melon and, um. The fuck is Coco Melon? No, do, 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 do yourself a favor and don't. Is it what it sounds like? Don't go down that rabbit hole. It's actually like a, it's a show, I think, on Netflix. But the thing that they're kind of known for is the the music. And it's it's catchy in like the worst kind of way. Um, like catchy in a way that you don't want it to be in your head, but it's stuck in your head. Um. So it's a lot of that, and there is there is some adult stuff on it. Like she's a big fan of oh, the sound of music Christ. soundtrack. Yeah, I don't. No, no, don't no. Do wash it. my hair. Do 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 do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not no yeah. no. Yep. Yeah, she likes that one. Um, <laughs> also, this animation style is a, it's this looks very early Pixar. Like super, this looks like Alpha level. Pixar. So we we've we've had her watch a couple of the videos, although fortunately she doesn't seem super interested in those. There's something about that animation style, which is which is fairly commonly used now, where it's it's like the frame rate is wrong, like in like in the opposite way that you know, like the like the fast refresh rate TVs, where Actually, like the the motion's too smooth. This is like this the looks wrong like direction. Night- well, no, it looks like it's 19 frames a second instead of 24. It, it, yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, it, it's like, yeah, there's just, there's something wrong with the frame rate, which just like throws the whole thing off. Well, and why is this like six month old baby rubbing shampoo into his toddler brother's face? I'm closing this. I don't, I don't want to, no. <laughs> Viewed 5.7 billion times. Oh no. yeah, no, Coco Melon is like wildly popular. Um, you know, this, this is why I'm never having kids because I would make them watch C-SPAN <laughs> with me. Uh, no. So anyway, yeah. So so, it, it, so it's you know like in the car and stuff. Like you would have thought, hey, we were just you know in the car for you know 20 hours or whatever it was over the Thanksgiving week. Great time to catch up on the Two Swift album, but but no. You don't have to listen to this, do you? Um, I'll be the I'll be the cleanest kid you've ever seen. The soap oh, yeah. and the bubbles are filling the, the up bath, the tub. The bath so song. I'll, mm-hmm. So I'll jump in the water and scrub, comma scrub, comma the, scrub. The only the only um kind of beneficial thing of Coco Melon is there is a cleanup song, and uh, the <laughs> the eldest housemate she is very diligent about cleaning up if we play that song while she does it, which is which is nice. Do you have to play that for the Roomba too? Uh, yeah, the Roomba did start demanding to listen to that, which I which I thought well, it's was... got that it's got the it's got that Alexa integration. I was gonna say it, we'll it must talk, be we'll talk about that. it must be the the Amazon acquisition. A Coco Melon, our goal is to help le- make learning fun and enjoyable for kids by creating beautiful three D animation. Debatable citation needed. Educational lyrics and toe tapping <laughs> music. Oh, they've got a TikTok. Great. Oh yeah, don't yeah don't don't look at that. Oh, they're apparently their far less popular song is called "Yes, Yes Vegetables," and that has only been watched two. Oh God, this is a creepy monkey. No, it's only been viewed two point eight billion times. <laughs> were we talking about Taylor Swift? Yes, we were. Um, I think so. Is there is there a Coco Melon concert too that's happening? I don't even want to know. I I remember. I know there were in person. Like there, there is. You'll eventually probably get stuck at a Peppa Pig live on ice. 
because that's I, a thing. I, I want to go to one of the. We want to go to one of the Disney on ice shows. There was a. There's a really cute video from um, Lin Manuel Miranda where he took his kids to go see Encanto um, on ice, which I guess is like the the latest Disney on ice show. And he and his kids are just like having a great time, and it's it's very endearing. And it m- made me really want to you know take our new housemates to one of those someday. Mm. Well, me as Bob Chapek let that slip through. <laughs> that's that's a revisionist history. I don't. I don't. I anyway, we'll get to it. But I don't like that everybody's blaming literally everything of the past two and a half years on. I, I yeah, I'm 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 with you there. Well, and I I yeah, we'll we'll get to it. But said a different yeah, yeah. way, like I think Iger so coming this, back on's probably not going to change some of the things that people want changed. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. Oh yeah, all, all of a sudden everybody cares about making money. All of a sudden, all of a sudden Disneyland tickets aren't going to be ninety nine bucks, and you know we're we're okay. We'll we'll, we'll get there anyway. Taylor Swift is great. Uh, Congress is bad. Midnight's is good. Um, and yeah. All right. We've got some follow-up to blaze through, and I accidentally closed the show doc, so let's see how that goes. Um, okay. So it's a lot of follow-up. You're a no, these, these gonna be, John Syracuse here. No, no. These are going to be like 30-second quick hits. All right. So... Uh, you keep lamenting this. I don't like sports, so I, or I, mean, I don't care that much about sports. I care about basketball for nine weeks out of the year, and the Giants aren't terribly good anymore, so I go to three games a year. Anyway, the Dynamic Island has been a bust. I, I hate that feature so much on the phone. It has taken away, even though we talked about, or I, I, I gave you the, the pro tip of the you tap on the left side of the thing to still do the scroll to the top thing. It's been a month. I'm still not used to it, and it still it still stinks. But the alleged feature of the dynamic island is all these little like kind of like uh, rich contextual like widget thingies and smart notifications. And I no app uses it. Like literally, like I mean, it's it's supposed to. There's there's a big storm coming into the Bay Area tonight. Maybe Dark Sky will use it. I have no idea. Um, or maybe it's Carrot Weather, one of them. But nothing else uses it. And did you listen to this week's upgrade yet? Not yet, no. So John Gruber is filling in for Mike Hurley, and it's it's a decent listen. But no, uh, actually, I don't remember who. No, I think it is uh, Gruber who suggested. Yeah, I put it in the link in the in the Slack. Um, it's what's it called? Fast Sports Alert. Like it's it's not a pretty app, but it is apparently one of the few apps that actually uses the Dynamic Island, and it has um adopted whatever rich notification api came out in wait actually is 16.1 out yet well that that's that's the thing is it it that's well, is it, 16 is it 16.1's been out for oh yeah I mean, well over a month at this point so like you could yeah. kind of excuse you know apps not being ready day one but you know we're we're like a month in now and they're they're still they're still not there yeah. Well, anyway, um, he gave the okie dokie for sports alert. So I don't know if since you're a big sports guy, maybe that's um, worth checking out. You know, one thing I was thinking about is I wonder if there is a lack of an incentive to use um, live activities in the sense that maybe apps like the Bleacher Report and ESPN see traditional notifications as a way of people oh, to pull you into the app 
pulling into the app. Right. Whereas, yeah. you know, if, if a live activity is just kind of hanging up there in the d- dynamic island, like, yeah, you can tap into the app using that, but you're not, you're not, I don't think is likely to do so there. So I, I wonder if that's part of the hesitancy to adopt that. Cause I, I mean, that's a, n- that's a good call where like, like, cause the initial examples that they made were like Uber or Lyft where like, that is one thing where like when you've requested your ride, like your, your transaction is, is done, but no, yeah, the ESPN wants you to look at the stuff that maybe gets you to subscribe to ESPN plus. So if you can see the entire, uh, like Lakers score and you never actually join it. Well, actually, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's smart. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'm not a software developer, so you know, this part's easy for me to say, but this doesn't strike me as the type of feature that would be incredibly difficult to implement. So I don't think that's the story. And, and because that's not it, there's, there's gotta be some other reason. And that that's where my head goes is there's some kind of maybe business reason as to why it, it doesn't make sense for these major sports apps to, to adopt this. The other competing thought I would think is just that this is a feature that is like kind of like there's just your addressable like what what percentage of of iO it like actively used iOS installs are on a fourteen pro that's a that's probably a fair, like fair point too like low yeah. single digits so just right. why why who cares right because and also the people that are clamoring for that are probably the fussiest and lowest value consumers it's like the same thing like the kind of like the people who like are the most uppity and and vocal about stuff are the same people who are probably using ad blockers and are like just like they're not your best customer so who cares yeah well and you know something else i'm kind of just thinking about now too is even the idea of sports scores which which has been kind of exhibit a of what people have held up you know the dynamic island being useful for i'm not actually sure exactly when i would use that because a game that I'm so interested in that I really want to follow at the level that, you know, something like live activities would allow me to is probably a game that I'm recording and will, you know, watch when I'm able to later, like assuming that I'm not already just watching it live, in which case, you know, why would I need live activities? Whereas, you know, other games that, you know, maybe I'm interested in the final score, but I'm not, you know, invested enough to sit down and watch. I also probably don't need permanently hanging up in the dynamic island. So yeah, I guess that I actually don't quite even know exactly when I would use live activities to track a sports score. Hmm. Yeah, fair. So... Uh, so yeah, maybe, sports... maybe I'm with you. The d- dynamic island is no dynamic not island sucks. Super useful. Like in, yeah, I really. So do you do you do timers in life a lot? Well, see, I I do, but it's all on my Apple Watch. So that's so I I, I so Apple Watch generally yes. Like so, if it's cooking, it's going to happen on an Amazon Echo device. If it's general, like I just need to remember to go do something in 15 minutes. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be on the watch. Um, when I'm avoiding getting up from bed. That ends up being a phone thing, but anyway. But when you set an, uh, a timer on your phone, like just an absurd amount of screen real estate now becomes a timer that's staring you in the face. Like I, that is so much worse. And just like the 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 now playing, I, I, is there a toggle to turn off the dynamic island? I there there like probably I just, I hate... there probably is. Like Apple's pretty good about 
putting that kind of thing, even if it's like an accessibility feature, they usually have a way of opting out of stuff like that. Uh, there's no way to do it. Apparently you can eliminate the animations a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I just, the now playing thing is worse. Like just control center was, was richer and easier. And I just hate that. I sometimes accidentally tap it and I'm then dumped into pocket casts when all I wanted to do was scroll to the top of Gmail. The, the, the design of what it looks like, I don't think is great either. Like the the little waveform thing is kind of neat, but showing the album art i don't really get because it's it's too small to really be able to tell what it is like you can oh, no. you know you can all recognize the colors kind of but well, yeah but all it does is just ruin your screenshots now i have to go crop my screenshots i thought it didn't like, show up in screenshots or is that still no, like a it, bug? no we we covered this or i mean we're like we talked about this because that that's how people thought it was going to work it's if the dynamic island is showing nothing then it doesn't appear it's invisible in screenshots if it has any content whatsoever, it shows up in screenshots. Oh. And this happens all the time because I'm always listening to music or a podcast. Got it. And I just, I just, I don't, it's, it's just annoying. I, I don't want to have to worry whether I'm listening to cool music or if I'm listening, like what podcast I'm listening to. All right. A couple other sports related things. Um, I was unaware and the, <laughs> there's a shameful reason of why I know this. So we've talked about, um, the NBA's partnership with uh, Ruffles Chips. <laughs> so what's his name? That's not helpful. Uh, Jason Tatum. Holy shit. Wait. Yeah, that, that, I remember that. No, no, not him. Who's the other one? See if you, wait, if you guess this one, I'll, I'll be amazed. I don't, I don't remember one a second one. Jason Tatum. So who's the other right. one? The, um, he plays for the Lakers. Ruffles, lime, and jalapeno chips. NBA from the from the Lakers. It, Anthony Davis. Oh, that's right. Okay, he has so he has the best, the zenith of the um, Ruffles NBA chip collaboration. The lime and jalapeno chips are are very good. Hmm. Um, Jason Tatum or Channing Tatum or whoever his the flaming hot barbecue, pretty good. But no, these 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 lime and jalapeno ones are kind of the the day can get away from you, or the, or the, the how much you've eaten has it's easy to yeah, the, uh, the, yeah I'm gonna go with the first one the, the the entire bag is gone and you're not quite sure how it happened yeah and actually a uh, quick uh, sidebar do you have a specific food that's like that for you um, Ben and Jerry's ice cream well but the, eventually you uh, you you reach the bottom of the pint. Yeah, but then you've got that's the thing you where have, you, you have the second pint in the freezer. No, I've, I've, I've never, I've never that done shameful. that. No, 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 I've never. Oh done man, that that, but, that is that's a level of shame. Uh, even I, <laughs> it's because the thing is, like, you if I have to open another bag of something that was allegedly seven servings, I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna go take a walk around the giant stadium. Uh, um, but yeah, but no, uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, is that it? Yeah, yeah. Um. I didn't know the giant. The what's what's the ones not the Giants? The Lakers uh, changed their um, jersey sponsor. It they, used to be this did, weird yeah. ass app called Wish, which I think it's it's like some cross between eBay and Alibaba or something. And now it's something called Bibigo, which mm-hmm. I googled, and apparently it's some type of frozen um, Korean food. 
it's, I mean, which is cool. But the problem with this I, that I see is I don't think he posed for another picture. So I think the image on the bag of ruffles has been photoshopped. And I don't know why, but that feels inauthentic. Because <laughs> I don't think that he went and redid the photo shoot because they changed the the um, the jersey sponsor. I mean, they, and I'm amazed they didn't have to remove the FTX logo. But I don't know. Like this is that that feels illegitimate, or they, that somebody should lose some money on that deal unless they actually got him back into the photo studio again. <laughs> anyway, that was that. Um, you're more into this than me. Um, there's still not been any resolution or any any final word on where Sunday Ticket goes after the season. And I have not been following it closely, so can you give a 60-second update on that? Yeah, I think the interesting thing that's come out is the NFL wants Apple. Apple wants Sunday Ticket. But it seems like the thing that they can't agree on are the kind of the, the, the nuances of the rights that are being conveyed to Apple or whoever takes over Sunday Ticket. Like, what I guess what I mean by that is that Apple wants flexibility with its sports rights to kind of do like whatever it wants to do with the sports that 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 it's that it's obtaining the rights for so like the the example so far had been like you know Friday night baseball where you know I think a, a, an interesting aspect of that is not only are those games available in the US but they're available abroad as well and the, and those games I think by and large wouldn't be available internationally and so that's kind of a unique thing that Apple's bringing there. And then like with the major league soccer thing, they, you know, they own everything there. So they, they, there, there's no notion of like local versus national broadcasts or anything like that. Like they, they have just purchased all of the rights to uh, major league soccer games. And it seems like the, the tension between the NFL and Apple is that, Apple's not content with sort of the Sunday ticket model as is, as it's existed historically, which is basically just a way of rebroadcasting every game that's happening and, you know, having access to out-of-market games. You know, Apple wants more than that. And I think, I don't know if it was in this New York Times article that we'll put in the notes or if it was somewhere else that I saw this, but... I guess one thing that Apple's really interested in in having in all of its sports contracts is this notion that, you know, like, for example, 20 years ago, streaming wasn't really a concept. But of course, you know, now it is. So if some other kind of medium or some other kind of broadcast idea comes along during the rights period, Apple wants the ability to, you know, have that even if it's not explicitly stated in the original contract and the nfl i guess is they kind of have the opposite mentality where all of their rights deals are written such that you know basically the nfl is giving you the rights to what's in this contract and absolutely nothing else and so it seems like that's kind of the the point of contention and has kind of opened the door for maybe Google or Amazon or another player to potentially pick up Sunday ticket. So it's kind of, kind of interesting. It is, but like, and again, a lot of problems with Apple, a lot of problems with Apple, but like that kind of like, if they could somehow make it work where, cause like Sunday ticket, well, so there's a few things and this, a lot of this is stolen from upgrade is that 
um, Jason had made a, a lot of good points is that Sunday ticket has been diluted as, as a value proposition yeah. by a lot of the moves that NFL, the NFL has done, which is that back when Sunday ticket debuted 15 years ago, maybe with direct TV, like uh, the vast majority of games other than Monday night football happened on Sunday where now you have Thursday night football. You've got, is there a, a Friday night game? No, there's, there's more. There, is, is it just Monday and Thursday now? Correct. Yeah. And then you have these weird um, games that happen in different countries, and those are kind of one-offs, right? Right, right. But, like, Sunday Tech is not what it used to be. But, like, if Apple were somehow to a- able to find a way to make it work, but they removed... Like, because Sunday Tech, it makes no sense if it has the location blackout restrictions. Right? Like, because that's the whole thing is, oh, like, and I understand the MLS is... Like literally an order of magnitude, like it's one twentieth the size of the viewership of of the NFL. But like, just being able to pay once and get access to games, and not it doesn't matter your location. Because like, how many people are in in the position where like they don't like the team where they live, where that's really that useful to them? Because isn't and this is another thing with the dilution of Sunday tickets value, isn't red zone available on most cable packages? And that kind of gives you what you'd want in Sunny Ticket anyway, <laughs> well, in terms yeah. of the most exciting parts. I mean, that, that that's, yeah, I mean, that that's sort of like where some of my personal limitations into this story or like my personal interest sort of starts to fade is that I, I don't get the appeal of something like Sunday Ticket. Like for Unless me, your sports bar, like what is, what is the point? What's right. The point? Yeah. Like Red Zone is actually kind of the, the one and only good way to watch football. Um, I mean, I guess turning it off. (laughs) Fair. Um, I mean, I, I, I sort of understand, um, you know, being, you know, a Lakers fan in the Bay area, like for me to see all their games, I have to, you know, get something like NBA league pass or something. So like, I, I, I kind of get that, but even there, you know, if you're a, you know, uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens fan or something and you've moved out of that area and you want to continue watching their games Sunday tickets the way to do that but even there I feel like you'd be somebody who's you I mean you're buying Sunday ticket for like one specific team whereas its intention is to grant you access to every game and I'm I'm not really even sure like who that's for. Like they they yeah. have a they have a you know with, with Directv there's a there's a channel you can tune to, and I'm sure that whichever streaming provider picks this up will kind of blow this idea out where you can have you know multiple games up on your screen at once. And I I I don't know who that's for. That's not for me. Uh, that seems like a crazy way to to try and watch sports, but um yep yeah yeah um do you have anything on the mls thing um i mean not not really anything like you know unique or new but i i do think it's interesting that there's been a lot of um specul not not speculation but a, a lot of um reporting around the kind of behind the scenes production scramble that there's been with with getting the MLS season pass thing up and running where you know MLS and Apple are going to be themselves you know producing these games so there's not going to be 
any sort of like you know traditional broadcast networker involved and that's that's interesting because it because it represents you know uh kind of the the next step for apple where with you know friday night baseball they're they're not producing those games at all you know that that's just been totally outsourced to to mlb and so apple being more involved in the production piece and kind of the, the challenges that that brings up is is interesting yeah, um, but it but it can be done i mean like amazon has shown this year with thursday night football like they've they've kind of not skipped a beat with with producing the games themselves i mean they they haven't really done anything interesting but well, they you got know. sad al michaels talking about games itself <laughs> yeah, yeah, um poor, poor but al michaels. they're that's nah, fine again he devoted his life to a game yeah there's, there's um, a lot there's you know so this is a took him really big tangent but like mm-hmm. longtime listeners will recall um like video games were kind of like the thing that i was interested in but didn't actively like participate in but i would kind of follow the news around them i feel like what what i do that now with is like like media stuff like particularly something that i'm really interested in is um like broadcasters and kind of like their contracts and especially like when they switch networks and stuff and there's been kind of a a, kind of a funny thing this season where al michaels went to um thursday night football and then joe buck and troy aikman who were the kind of you know top game announcers for fox for forever they went to monday night football this year (laughs) and you know both al michaels who used to do sunday night football and then joe buck and troy aikman who used to do the you know the top game for fox like they would always get like the best game of every week and now being on thursday and monday nights they just get stuck with all these really crappy games and it's been it's been kind of funny to follow some of the commentary around that yeah and then with the mls thing um they are speaking of ftx they're gonna have um apple tv patches on all the low on the jerseys and also apple is gonna be making uh, something that sounds like the equivalent of uh, red zone but for soccer Oh, I didn't. So, I didn't know the jersey patch thing. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's apparently yeah. And there, there was something they were talking about on upgrade about like retrofitting like the instant replay system to somehow fit within something that's like Apple made. I have I have no idea. I don't know if it's gonna be like replays presented by Final Cut Pro. Like I I don't know what that actually means. But apparently that's gonna be a thing as well. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I I have right. to I have to say that. So I've been watching a little bit of the world cup i'm still i I still can't say i'm a huge soccer fan but i i do understand the appeal there are aspects of it that are interesting can you summarize them very quickly there i don't know there there's a certain methodical pace to it that is sort of um i don't know it just it's just it's 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 like a super slow version of hockey, I guess, which is which is interesting to me as as a as a hockey fan. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe, maybe not enough to to you know become a MLS season pass subscriber, but you know somebody who because I think they're they're what they're gonna provide some games to like anybody who has access to the TV app, and then some games. 
if you're an Apple TV Plus subscriber, I think. So, you know, I'll be interested to to check this out. All right, a few more quickies. Um, I bought it so nobody else has to. The Nest Wi-Fi Pro, meh. Um, I don't know why. Like, I felt like so it. I you just seem so jazzed about it. Where I was kind of like, oh, maybe this is better than the Eero. It's not. The Google Home app sucks. Like the it it's 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 bad on iOS. Like it's apparently when you had Google Wi-Fi, it had its own had its own separate app, and you were lukewarm to okay about it. And then I th- I think you read something and you you thought it was going to be good this time. It's not. Like you use the same app that you're going to use whether whether it's for a Nest doorbell, using your Google Home voice assistant, or the Google Wi-Fi. It has so few configurable options it is maddening um and sure like the wi-fi worked fine but no it did i used it for all of nine hours and it went back in the box so yeah give it a miss so so why why did why did you buy one of these like what were you looking for compared to your euro I was hoping the customization would be Mm. better like because they had like because i do like the ability to um filter like time wasting websites and uh, Eero makes you buy a thing called Eero secure to do that and then like uh, something that got like in all like the hey google like the new version is coming out like all all the stuff that they send to the verge there was something where somebody like i had read something and i must have misread it that was like oh yeah all those extra features that Eero makes you pay for google just gives you and in terms of that kind of thing there is literally one option that says hey do you want to turn on google safe wi-fi and basically it's just like this blanket thing that's supposed to just like block random stuff and it gives like the whole thing is like there's like six sections of settings all of which offer like no customization like this is like maybe the least configurable wi-fi product i've ever seen yeah no the the three thumbs down Hmm. i'm borrowing somebody's dog to give thumbs down like this this is just it's, it's all bad um like looks wise, oh, it's 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 bulbousy. It's, like it's it, very it, shiny, right? Yeah, I just got the white one. I, the, there's one that's kind of like this, like sea foam green or something. I'm like that. That's maybe kind of cool, but I don't know. It's it's fine. The one thing that somebody, the person who wrote the review for The Verge, um, wrote that they had 130 devices on their Wi-Fi network, and that even if you like have a family with, well, like like if you like a family of five. That feels like a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Because like, even if you like, cause like, I assume like all the smart home stuff you have, like that's like, that's per household. So even if you were like a connect, like a connected, like single person, adding more people to your household probably only adds like phone, tablet, and maybe like a, a game thing and like an iPad. So that's not, you're not like going for like, if I have like 35 things connected to my Wi-Fi, having a family of five doesn't make that 150. It makes it like 65, 120 sounds like. Uh, crazy do you have a quick way to see how many devices you have connected to your network uh, let's see Eero. well you, you're the you're the yeah, expert so, where, so, where, so where while, go in the Eero app well i actually connected, i'm not i'm not the expert connected devices 27 i have 42 yeah again that sounds exactly right which is that you have a four-person household right i'm assuming i'm assuming you're 
five month old has has both. Well, he probably only has an because he's a because he's a young kid. He doesn't know what a, he doesn't know what a computer is. So he's he's got an iPad with him, right? And he is an expert at stage manager because he you know that's how the young people think. You'd you'd actually there there's a somewhat related story which is another quick tangent here that I think you'd appreciate. So sure, um, the the eldest housemate. So on on long car drives, you know, if you put on some, you know, Madeline or Sesame Street, she's just, you know, happy as could be. And um, I have a Amazon Fire tablet that I like I basically got for free with some Amazon points a while ago. Um, And I've been kind of trying to find, you know, uses for it. And, you know, it it has the HBO um, Max app on it so you know sesame street i can download episodes to it and you know even if your kid wants to watch westworld yeah (laughs) or that yeah um and i've used it occasionally but it's so slow and unresponsive that i i end up just loading all those shows on my ipad pro and you know giving her that (laughs) during car rides because i just like the process of trying to download shows and like getting those set up for her is just so painful on that Amazon tablet that I, you know, I, I just relinquish the, the iPad to her on drives. I mean, I'm, I'm driving anyway, so I'm not using it. Um, and then she, well, she gets to use it. Again, spoiler, that's it, unless you are using the top tier Android devices. That's basically what using an Android phone's like too. Yeah. Well, and I feel like I guess actually the other thing I was thinking of during this car trip is that when the younger housemate, you know, comes an age where, you know, he's gonna want to watch shows on an iPad too, I'm honestly I'm probably gonna buy like an entry level iPad like just to not have to deal with some slow ass Android tablet, even though that would be you know, way cheaper to do the same thing. I just like, well, but know. as Phil Schiller famously said, your kids can't learn if they don't have an iPad. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what's a computer? Uh, what a dick. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that was such Cur- courage. Will remind me to tell you offline. I actually mm. do to <laughs> remember that thing where Tim cook was like, Hey, buy your grandma an iPhone. Oh, when they were talking about the, what, the RCS thing? Yeah, I have some follow-up on that. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Something offline related to that, where that's, that's, that, fuck you, Tim, but also, (laughs) yeah, remind me. Anyway, all right, so let's, uh, again, like, all right, I was hoping 30 seconds for these, but I think we're doing okay at four minutes each. All right, um, this one will be quick. In the past month and a half, seen a lot of F-150 EVs. I don't know. Maybe it's a Marin thing. I didn't. Marin County was generally not. Normally, you have to uh, go north of Petaluma to start seeing a bunch of pickup trucks that don't go off road. But um, yeah, I've seen a lot of F one fifty Lightnings on the road. Oh, interesting. Like, and, and the reason I know it's that is because like when you, when you look like when you're stuck in traffic and you look to like to to the side, you see that dumb Tesla style vertical mounted screen with that like weird volume knob that's how that's how you always know it's it's the ev version yeah it it is hard to tell a traditional f-150 from an f-150 lightning they're they're very similar that's but that's one nice thing is that like and that's the whole thing like that it might knock like so like 
many recent BMW car car designs look terrible. Like I don't know I don't know what's going on with what their direction is. But yeah, like Tesla is bad. Elon Musk is bad. Tesla is bad. But Tesla showed that you can make a car that doesn't have to look stupid. That but that is electric. And I commend Ford for not thinking they have to just because this is a, on an EV drivetrain that they had to reinvent the wheel and make the car look way fucking different from what a pickup truck should be. Like the BMW iX SUV looks hideous. Like it, it is such an ugly car. Like why can't electric cars look normal? And Ford proved that you can do that. And also, I appreciate Ford on clamping down on uh, people trying to oh, sell above MSRP all their cars just because it was in demand. Anyway, yeah. Um, sp- speaking of EV cars that that look different, I I actually don't feel like I see a ton of F one fifty Lightnings. I feel like what I've seen more recently is a bunch of the Rivian trucks. What is it? Yeah. The R the R one S or the- T or whatever it is. They've got they've got their SUV and they've got the um they've got the 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 pickup yeah it's the, the R one T and the R one yeah yeah I, the I feel, S I, is I, the SUV the T is the truck that 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 makes sense um I've I've seen a handful of the <laughs> trucks I I can't can't say I'm a big fan I the front's ugly but the rest of it looks fine. It's it's good. The the fine, front's too much. Yeah. It has looks too much like a face. It looks like it's something that somebody took from the Cars movie. Yeah. And also under the when you Google Rivian truck, under the people also ask the first question is: Is Rivian truck a Tesla? No. <laughs> Luckily, no. Can't also, confirm. Also, <laughs> not a Tesla. Uh, is Rivian owned by Ford? No. Actually, yes. No. Yeah. No, uh, no, actually, no. Not. No. No. Ford owns eleven and a quarter percent. Amazon owns seventeen percent. I know. I remember Ford did a strategic investment in Rivian. Yeah, and then Amazon's got like a huge order where they're looking to replace a lot of their um, last mile delivery trucks with with because they they also make like a cargo van thing that's only for commercial use. I think is that actually out? I think Amazon yeah, has some of them now. Van. Yeah. Uh, seven days ago. Let's take a look inside Amazon's new. Re- yeah. That one definitely looks like a. It's got a face. Well, no. Let me get. Let me go back. Well, that mean that kind of that kind of makes sense because that's like Amazon with the whole like. Well, no. Like look at this. Thing. Like the hero picture. Like the, where the normally would be a like your yeah. um, your grill and your your um, vehicle emblem. No, it's literally just the Amazon smiley logo. There you go. In between two right. headlights that look like eyes. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a face. Although the face is um, like the the smiles kind of where the nose would be. Kind of weird. For Amazon is a problematic company. Uh, we don't need to talk about that today. But the Amazon logo kind of feels like one of those logos that's timeless. Like it, they're not going to do a whole thing where all of a sudden they like they're going to do some type of like Uber style rebrand where just like remember like six years ago when Uber did the thing where basically like their logo just became just the word Uber typed like in Microsoft Word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, last bits, a couple of smart home things. So I'll, I'll lead with mine, and then you'll talk about yours because it's a little bit longer. So I don't remember why I got, like, this must have been like a recommended item in like Amazon, like in the Amazon app or something, but I bought one of those, um, I think the official product name is called the Hue Play Bar. 
And I had been thinking about like, kind of like accent, like, cause I like there's a neighbor's, don't, don't make this weird, but like there's like a neighbor's apartment that you can see into, like when I'm walking through the hallway of my building, like, and they've got the thing where like their, their like media console on their TV was kind of like backlit in a way. I'm like, yeah, oh, no, that actually looks pretty tasteful and neat. And the thing is like when you on, the, when you go on the internet, you tend to see the most extremes of things. And you see all these people that like have their like, don't listen to this part or no offense to you like have like their silly gaming pc with like fucking led lights and stuff oh, that just how, looks ridiculous how, how dare you you haven't turned it on in like nine months so I, it's fine I, I haven't that's true <laughs> um so but like and, and every and that's the part about this is that the way phillips like markets it i kind of like it, it, it it's not speaking to the product's strength which is like they're always doing like Oh, you can make your apartment like be all shades of purple and like look. No, like mine, I have it scheduled with like my hue automations where all I did was uh, use some 3M, like it actually comes with this in the box, like some 3M double sided sticky stuff. And I just put it on the back of the LG OLED. I have it a very standard like shade of like warm white. And it just, I don't know, it lights up the living room a little bit more. It makes tv look nicer and it's not doing any wacky stuff where it's synchronized to the content being played on the tv like it just it's a nice little accent light that kind of warms up the apartment so the it's a very interesting product that is too expensive for what it is but it is currently on sale on amazon like it's they're normally regular price 90 bucks each which is too much these these things are one not very bright they're not very big and just yeah it's it's it 90 bucks is too much but it's 65 dollars on amazon right now and i don't know it I, I if you don't already have any of these buying one and then maybe finding some random place in your house to put it even if it's not on the tv would is it's an interesting i feel like there's many 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 options of how this could be useful um but yeah i like it yeah it's i'm again never gonna sync it to any type of thing where it becomes like because that's the thing where hue Back in the like mid two thousands, they used to make flat panel TVs, which they stopped selling in the U.S. because they they just never got any market share. But they had a technology called Ambilight, which uh, had two rear facing like LED lights that synced to the uh, colors on screen, and like it was neat. But like I just think that's maybe too like first apartment out of college for a dude type thing. Anyway, they're neat as long as you use them in a very, very boring way. So I guess without the going down the whole like sync, you know, box rabbit hole, I don't really understand what you're using this for. Like, like I sent you, I sent you a picture, didn't I? And you didn't, no. No, I did. Or scroll back in the thing. Oh, where? I put it in the, uh, this was on Sunday, November 20th. Slack does a terrible job of notifying you. If Slack does a lot of terrible things. Well, my like, notifications have been broken for a year and a half. Oh, okay. I, I think, I think maybe I looked at this on my phone originally and only yeah. saw the only second saw picture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that, uh, that is actually not like, cause iPhone sometimes underexposes. So that I'm not sure how well that's illustrating what it's doing. But I think it, it does add a lot of warmth because the one part about this uh, apartment that I don't like is that it doesn't have any, other than in the kitchen, doesn't have any like ceiling-based lighting. So therefore, you, you kind of, to add some warmth in like, cons- in like wide-reaching 
light. Like it's kind of it's it's got opportunity there. So the the room that my OLED is in has I think ten or twelve yeah, ceiling yeah, lights. Still, so none. hmm, still worth sixty five dollars so, as an experiment. So do you? Do you have some have kind s- of automation or something to turn this off when the TV goes on? Well, no, that's the thing. I actually like it when the TV's on because it's not that bright where actually I think I need to recalibrate my OLED. My OLED is kind of, it, it's color temperature errors too far on the side of blue. Hmm. So I need, I, I think I need to tweak that. I don't think I have, I ever calibrated it properly when I got it, but I don't know. I actually think it, it's, it's not distracting. It, it kind of. It makes, I actually think it kind of reduces eye strain a little bit if you're watching TV in an almost completely dark room. I don't I know. I, I, like, I, I feel like this is a hard disagree with me, but. No, it's fine. It could be the the Beats Fit Pro. It's fine. You can, you can be wrong. <laughs> again, oh man, the Beats Fit Pro. Oh, again, give it, give it, no. give it the, the presidential medal of freedom. Yeah. Like that, the great headphones. So good. So good. So good. All right. Um, is that it follow up? Oh no. Okay. So leading into the Amazon echo, we will slowly transit. We'll, we'll have a smart home palette cleanser, uh, Christmas lights mm. and smart home stuff. What do you got? Um, I don't think anything really new compared to what we've talked about in previous years, but, um, you know, I've been spending some time the last few days setting up our Christmas lights and I insist on, all of my Christmas lights being connected to smart plugs, which, you know, is both fun and actually really useful. I mean, the, the, the primary thing that I use them for is, you know, automatically turning on the lights at sunset and then turning them off when I kick off my all lights off automation when I go to bed, which is like kind of the one and only automation that I, that I have. Um, Interesting. Huh. Yeah, and that's okay. That's I, go to bed, and you click the little "all lights off" button, and all the lights in the house go off. That's great. Oh no! So we're not talking about exterior lights. Oh no! No, well, both because because I have you know I've, I have a combination of those. Um, iHome, I think, is the brand outdoor smart plugs that have basically been <laughs> completely um, shut down, except for HomeKit use. Oh yes, yeah, sunsetted, right. <laughs> Um, and Wemo plugs. So, you know, all, all the outdoor stuff is connected to smart plugs as well. Oh, no, that that I get. But I, I, I guess, like, as a family, I feel like we always, um, we had, went, like, uh, I, I assume you'll recognize this. Um, I'll, I'll find a picture of it. But, no, we would always have it, like, the lights would come on from, like, 530 until, like, 2 in the morning. Well, yeah, you, you because would, you, because you didn't have the option of well, turning. No, but but, but how, what about if somebody's on a late night dog walk and they need your the outdoor Christmas lights to light the way like that's you're depriving the neighborhood of, and they're obviously not using much energy because they're led based. Well, I feel like we're, turning them off at 1030. We're also in a small house where if I left my Christmas lights on when we were trying to go to bed, they'd be shining light into our, well, into then, our then bedroom. Could, so then you could have zones. Come on. Yeah. In terms of over engineering smart home stuff, I feel like that's kind of going to be on your tombstone. Like that's kind of uh, fundamental <laughs> to your characters. <laughs> Uh, that's that's fair um but but no i just i just i just have them all turn off when we go to bed um but yeah i I don't i get not really like an interesting smart home angle i guess to this um i don't know the, the more kind of just generic fun angle is that 
you know, having kids really um, enables me, or at least I think it enables me to um, buy more Christmas stuff. Like, I don't know, Christmas Mm -hmm. decorations were always a kind of a fun thing when I was a kid and I always loved setting them up. And so I feel like I'm kind of recapturing that now. And so, you know, the, the eldest, um, housemate, the lady friend and I went to home Depot a few weeks ago and, you know, picked out some new Christmas decorations this year, including the, um, the little reindeer that you, um, commented on when I sent you some pictures earlier. His dapper Banana Republic wreath. Very, scarf. very dapper wreath scarf thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it also isn't that, isn't that the gist of parent is trying to recapture your, like that, that's the whole thing is <laughs> you, you relive your child and try to make, and try to make corrections using the, this is not a talking out of turn. This is that there've been 800 TV shows about this. <laughs> Don't at me. Um, so I sent you a link in the thing. That, again, this this was the smart home tech of me and my dad in 1994, which is set yeah. up that fucking thing. And then you had to go and change it on daylight savings time day to to fix it because this was not connected to the well, internet. Did you have to like? Did you have to adjust it? Um, like as the sun started setting earlier. I'm not doing that. I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing my homework from my no. <laughs> um, all right. And then I have a question. Where I think so. Do you guys have, do you guys you guys don't you you do a real Christmas tree you don't have a fake tree do you Yeah we know we go to a um like a farm in Petaluma and then like cut the tree down ourselves Do you literally take an axe Oh yeah mm-hmm. Yeah This was something I was introduced to um with the lady friends family like when I was a kid in Mission Viejo you 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 went to the Boy Scout lot and you you know you picked out a a tree and you just, you know, you took it home. Um, but no, they, they've always gone to, I mean, there, there's a handful of Christmas tree farms in this area, but we, we go to one specific one every year and yeah, we, we, you go and you, you get a little pull cart thing and you get an ax and you go out and you find your tree and you cut it down and roll it back in the little pull cart thing. What's a pull cart? It's just like a little, you know, little like, dolly thing i guess oh it's what i use for my groceries okay yeah <laughs> um, um so, okay so i have a question Th- this year so for the past five or six years i i've had like the world's saddest like you go to home depot and you get the like this this is a, this this is the stuff that we have for people who live in apartments and you get the thing that's like an uh, a 16 inch tall it's basically it's it's basically like a, a rosemary plant it's it's not it's not a tree it's very sad is there any place in the Bay Area I can get a tree that's not six feet tall, but that isn't that sad tree? I feel um, like there's got to be somebody that, that makes like a four foot tree or something if that's you, not if super you wanna, wide. If you want to cut down your your no, own I don't tree, cut my own. no, I don't. No, oh, okay. Um, I I do not think I could wield an axe. <laughs> I feel like I <laughs> I feel like Christmas tree lots, especially in San Francisco, would have a section of small like, we, we know you don't you don't you'll never we, own a home we know we know you have a cozy one-bedroom apartment here's the tree you want that, that, that's got to be a thing maybe it has right. to be but i want a real tree i mean i'm surprised there's not like an app you can download to just have somebody deliver it to your home no didn't you hear companies have to make money now that's that's true i say in this economy maybe not uh okay this is this is gonna be to uh, yeah to be continued because i want i want i want a tree 
I want my apartment to smell weird. And and for on December 31st, I want to go on the corner and, and just throw my tree out and be a bad, <laughs> be a bad, be a bad city dweller. I, 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 I'm such a softy. I, I always get a little sad when I have to do that. Because like even like in our area too, they make that the tree's got to be like a certain size. Like it, 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 they they'll only take it if it's in like four foot segments or something. <laughs> well, yeah, but again, you got you got your axe. That's the thing. I guess. I have to take the the poor Christmas tree to, <laughs> to the side yard. Wait, and wait like... you're, you're you're getting sad because you're having to murder a tree. This is you're supposed to be like, again. I, I am. It's it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. I actually feel this actually sounds like you're getting actually emotional. Oh, man. No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm laughing just, you know, with, no. because I have to, you know, to take the poor tree out to the side yard, cut it in half, and then, you know, <laughs> drag it out to the front yard. You're, t- you're taking your favorite horse to the glue factory. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, this is a dark episode. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So hopefully by next week I have an actual tree. We'll see. Um, yeah we're going uh we're going on saturday which is supposed to be a torrential uh, downpour of rain so that'll be uh that'll be oh yeah oh man so i'm so jazzed about this winter storm because it gets me out of running it's oh i'm I'm so happy this is this is this is why i'm I'm rooting for to not have the drought is (laughs) when you no longer have a gym membership it means you don't have to go do any work i love it um okay we shall see um all right actual stuff so this we we have two, we have two main topics, both of which I think are probably going to be fairly quick. But the first, uh, do you want Disney or Amazon first? Yeah, let's do Amazon first. All right, I'm going to frame this up a couple of ways because I had this thought before all of the bad news came out. So I guess explain your relationship in 20 seconds with voice assistants in the home. I mean, we're we're all in on the Amazon voice assistant. Like that's the one that we have enabled on all of our Sonos speakers, of which we basically have one in every room of the house, and you know use it many, many times every day. And what do you use it for? Turning on the hue lights. <laughs> and what do you think Amazon wants you to use it for? Uh, well, that's that's not totally clear, but I guess I think it's clear buying stuff from them. Correct. Yeah. Does your use overlap with how Amazon wants you to use it? It does not. It used to. There used to be a hack, which I think they got rid of a long time ago, where you could get Prime shipping on certain oh, items but- that would otherwise not be eligible for Prime if you ordered them through an Amazon Voice Assistant. So, so I used to use it so, for that. So the so the only time you ever used it the way Amazon wanted you to was for you to get stuff that was not eligible for Prime <laughs> shipping because it was too well. That, that's it was again too, too it, inexpensive. Yeah. No, no, not too inexpensive. Too <laughs> you're gonna get canceled. You're you're cutting down your own trees and and you're <laughs> you're forcing Amazon to deliver something that's six dollars and is too late. That they that the carbon footprint is so oh man you might as well burn your trash <laughs> okay so so that's the thing where if we think about so when uh, Oprah Amazon Echo because she was the, the the way the Amazon Echo got released was um why why is this not here uh, Amazon Echo released the first am how is this so hard? When did the Echo come out? It's been a it's been a while, Alexa. right? Uh, Amazon Echo. Okay, Amazon Echo. 
released November 2014. Yeah, so it's been eight years with this thing. So has it improved? I I think so. Yeah. How so? Um, I don't know. I I, I feel like it's it's become you know more responsive over time. Does I mean, it do it's, more. I think it's still the best at when you ask it a random question. Does that make money? Oh, I mean, no. Like, it, it, in terms I, of monetization, I don't think it's really made much progress. But I think in terms of like end user experience, yeah, it's it's gotten better. Is the end user experience good? Uh, yeah, I, I for think so. normal people. Yeah, I, I I would say it is. I I think if you try to go down the path of enabling a bunch of skills and using it for smart home stuff no but okay so let me let me let me say so so think of your most normal tech from a technology perspective or your most average like your most not like just use this technology to get things done and you and the, let's pretend they didn't have anything and you gifted them an amazon echo dot a regular amazon echo and some hue lights and a, a wemo plug would they set it all up Oh, I, I would never, I would never do that to somebody. Not even my worst enemy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So, that, like, so the initial promise of the Amazon Echo, if you, if you think about it, is that you have this new voice assistant that it, it it's a it's a level of computing that no, it's an entirely different interface. It no, it's it's not a touchscreen. It's not a mouse and a keyboard. It doesn't have a desktop operating system. It is entirely a computer connected to the cloud that's navigated by voice and is supposed to be infinitely flexible and respond to natural language communication from the person using it does the amazon echo do that no it hasn't gotten better in eight years to any realistic degree it's sure it's a little bit faster sure sometimes i'll ask how many tablespoons of something is a thing and then three out of five times i get the right answer and the other times it will then say basically it, do, it does the thing where it's basically like when siri says here's what i found on the web for you and it just starts reading a wikipedia page and just won't stop talking for 90 seconds like it hasn't gotten any better and when you think about why amazon made this they thought hey if we make a thing that's always listening in your home and that allows somebody to interact with us and make amazon such an omnipresent part of their lives so that when they find that they're running low on tied dishwashing detergent or they need something we will be so ingrained in their lives that all they do is say hey alexa order more dish uh, more tide pods and then it just does it and it's nope 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 stop alexa stop <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> oh and it's, and it's trying to pitch me amazon basic stuff I, I got rid of the echo in by my by my mac sorry hold on alexa stop <laughs> um so the kitchen one still oddly picks up my voice very well but like it, it it's never gotten to like i don't know anybody that buys stuff with it so basically amazon has, and because here's the other half of it is that for like the past three years amazon hasn't sold echo devices profitably like when was like because like the thing is even if you own a bunch of echoes if you go to just Amazon.com, like it's still saying, hey, buy an Echo. And when was the last time it was regular price? Like they're always on these like crazy sales where like yeah. 
if I was to say Echo Show, and I just type it in, it is supposed to retail for $130. It is $69 right now for a device with Wi-Fi 5, uh, an 8-inch screen, and like they're not making money on these. So the whole point is they're trying to just, you know, like, like, let's sell these things at cost or possibly below cost, get them into homes, we'll make money when they are buying stuff on the device, which they're not doing. So the reason why I bring this up is that before all the stuff came out about Amazon layoffs and how much money the Echo, uh, the Echo and Voice Assistant division loses, I, it's just the promise of these voice assistants seemed so lofty and, 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 and like interesting, and it hasn't achieved any of that. Like my, I still can't turn on my espresso machine because the, the Wemo skill breaks every two weeks. Like it's, it's not good. And I don't, I don't like, I don't know who's like, like Amazon did not choose to spend all this money for a thing that allows me to set a timer for when I'm cooking up samosas from Trader Joe's. Like that's not why this exists. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm so confounded by this in terms of like the amount that has not lived up to its promise and the fact that it probably never will. And, and, and I, the, the part that's weird about this is when people now are like, Oh, like Amazon, the company that hates your privacy is, as it failed so badly. This, this validates the fact that the home pod exists and sucks. Like, no, that's also not the point either. Cause Siri, even though it is not designed to sell you stuff, even though it kind of is because they want to lock you into the Apple services ecosystem. Like it sucks for entirely different reasons. I don't know. Like, I, I guess like, do you feel like this will ever be a business that makes sense? Like I, like I feel like you're saying that yes, the product itself does enrich your life to a certain degree, but it also sounds like the things that it does for you are extremely limited and aren't actually, they don't mesh with what the platform maker wanted. Yeah, I, I think that's that's totally right. I mean, all all of this Amazon news recently, like the main takeaway for me personally is it just it's made me worried about the future of the Amazon Voice Assistant. Totally. And, and as somebody who's you know pretty invested in it, that's not not great. And then if you scroll back in Slack for a second, so there were so this was on Friday, November twenty fifth. Alexa has been getting worse. So I asked it to set a timer for four minutes. And then it said after this, because here, here's the thing, uh, the echo has been getting worse in that it gets chattier. It talks back to you a lot more or, or, or provides useful feedback based on brand partnerships that Amazon has made. So uh, in response to asking for a four minute timer, it says, uh, Alexa said, and the next time you set a timer, try adding some themed sounds from the movie Avatar, The Way of Water. Just say, enable avatar theme fuck off like no like the the, the the echo should not be talking back and it's the same thing where it will offer to have you play a podcast it'll it'll so much stuff like i don't i don't care that you made all the music free on amazon music this isn't helpful to anybody so now that they're trying to figure out like how to make money from this thing in these weird biz dev deals that should never have existed like the product is getting worse and i don't know if this like, do you get the stuff if you're using like the the Sonos tie-in, or or is it a 
that's what I was that's what I was just gonna say like so we're you know an Amazon voice assistant household but don't actually have any Amazon you know hardware that that does that um I yeah I we I don't see any of this so I don't know if they just don't target Sonos devices or what the deal is but I I've never heard anything like this um, avatar thing that you've given the example of yeah it sucks anyway like that that's just it so uh, so the actual news that came out of this is that so amazon is implementing incorporated hiring freeze and is also looking to dramatically reduce headcount in certain areas of the business that are underperforming ars technica had a story saying that uh the echo division specifically in 2022 is on track to lose 10 billion dollars and again what like just realistically what does the echo do better now that it did than it did two years ago five years ago or eight years ago and the answer is kind of not that much i don't know man like it's just sure they made what, what was the thing the fucking the the astro like they, they have an alexa that can follow you around and torment your dog great i i, I these things aren't like they aren't getting people closer to some type of ubiquitous voice like interaction level of computing or e-commerce and also i feel like it was a flawed strategy to begin with like because the, the thing about shopping like and this is something that amazon did like it, it trained people to do this is that you search for a thing your searches start out on amazon now you look at reviews you look at pictures you uh compare you comparison shop you do all this kind of stuff like who on earth is going to just talk to their echo and say Hey, but like, uh, buy me uh, a, a winter jacket or like, but like nobody who is going to accept the thing that says, Hey, yeah, sure. It costs seventy two ninety nine, and just like, great. Like no, nobody shops that way. So I don't know who this is like in its current incarnation is for other than setting timers, alarms, or maybe turning on your light bulbs, all of which that don't make Amazon any money and aren't leading towards a sustainable business. Mm-hmm. All right. Disney. Mm. So here's here's another bit of resentment. So I still it's been on my Kindle forever. Eh, talking about <laughs> talking about Amazon. Uh what was the name what was um the the name of Bob Iger's uh memoir or autobiography? I I don't remember, but I know it's it's like a it's a very popular book. It's supposed to be a very, uh, uh, a very. It's called uh, the ride of a lifetime. I wonder if he had to buy a fast pass for that. Um, <laughs> it was released in twenty twenty. Good year. Um, here's the part I resent about Bob Iger. He is seventy one years old. I resent that he he looks better than most fifty year olds. I understand when you have a lot of money, you can pay to look any way you want to, but he, he, he hashtag life goals. But the part that I admire less is that, so he, um, so the board uh, fired the other Bob, Bob Chapek, uh, last week and is bringing back uh, Bob Iger, who, again, successful CEO, definitely managed various political situations and uh, kind of growing the Disney business in terms of parks, entertainment, and a lot of other things and laid out the whole plan of what the next 20 years of Disney were going to look like and how streaming was the linchpin to make that success happen. But the board and Bob Iger seem to be like just throwing Bob Chapek under the bus for having executed on the plan that Bob Iger made. And I feel like that feels challenging. I don't know. Yes and no. 
um it's it's it'll come out more over time i'm sure there there's a little there's there's been some reporting and it, i'm sure a lot of this is coming from like the Iger side where it does sound like even from like the very early days of chapek taking over that he made some decisions that weren't kind of what like what Iger would do basically um, oh, the, like, he definitely stepped in on a lot of the political issues. Well, yeah, definitely. The, the, there, there was there was some of that stuff. There was also like um, I've seen this highlighted in a few different areas. Like, remember the whole like Scarlett Johansson dispute with Disney? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was actually really early with Chapik, and I've seen some reporting that sort of indicated like that was something that like Iger was unhappy about and kind of would have never Did, let get he... to the point that it did. Didn't he get Disney PR to basically issue a press release that kind of shared how much money she made and said that she should be thankful for that much money or something? And it had like these weird like anti-feminist tones as well. I, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, during pandemic times. So who who can remember back then? But mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I, it's it's it, it does seem like there's I mean, well, it, it is a complicated story in the sense that like Chapik was bob Iger's hand-picked successor and so you know the idea that Iger's now coming back to <laughs> like right the wrongs of his previous hand-picked successor is ironic pick whatever word you want to choose to describe that um, well it's, it's like it's like being awarded uh, like for grabbing the fire extinguisher for the fire that you set maybe well yeah and well and the other really kind of just kind of interesting thing is that in the initial press release you know disney highlights that you know they're bringing back Iger for two years and his primary focus for the next two years is to you know set a path forward for the company the and to 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 pick another to to pick a successor and it's kind of just like well the reason he's come back is because the last time he tried to do that it didn't work (laughs) so um yeah, I don't know. It's 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 very it's very interesting. Um, I've also listened. I think probably on a podcast, listened to um, some interesting reporting around just sort of like what's in this for Iger. Like it kind of seems like there's nothing but downside here. Like he left on such a high note with Disney, and to well, come back now is yeah. much is much of his wealth tied up in disney stock where he, he's, like, he's is, i actually just i just saw this today he he is still the single biggest uh shareholder of disney i mean that so. probably has to be a decent chunk of it because maybe yeah maybe i mean i assume like well because that that goes to the point of like like sure how much money does somebody actually need but yeah that's probably hasn't been a good couple of years for him right right but yeah, like it's just it, it, it it's a it's a challenging thing so there's a few things that i that i think are legitimate and and I, I I didn't follow this that closely. I don't like I I don't like Bob Chapin. Like I I don't have I don't have strong ties to the Disney brand. Like I don't I don't like the Star Wars. I'm pretty off the Pixar bandwagon. Um, although I'm really really like I I rewatched Inside Out this weekend. I'm I'm kind of excited for Inside Out too, which is coming out in summer 2024. But like he apparently had like pe- people were mad that he didn't respect the fans enough or there were there were some things where he spent uh, he spent a bunch of money on disney plus because Iger framed it as hey your job is to execute on getting as many subscribers as possible and just throw as much money as you want in it but 
apparently people thought that like his interactions with the creative side didn't necessarily jive with the emotional connection that people have with Disney as a corporation, which apparently Iger really understood like stuff like that. Like I kind of believe I kind of don't, I guess people are mad that, um, uh, like on conference calls, uh, Chapek would describe kind of the monetization of people's emotional attachment to the brand, which again is what Iger did just fine. And just maybe didn't say it, delicately enough like i i don't i don't necessarily how people like how people are blaming him for stuff that is absolutely what was happening beforehand anyway oh like it, the, the the cost of tickets to disneyland did not stay entirely static under bob Iger, and disney has been very very good for a very very long time at making money from people's attachment to the various characters and ip that they own so that that is not a thing that's happened in the past two years so i kind of think this guy's getting scapegoated for a bunch of stuff yeah i mean that well and that's that's what'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years is how much if anything gets sort of unwound or undone that's that's happened over the past couple of years like that's i think there's a big question mark there let's let's meet back here in a year and if anything disney makes or or sells people costs less than it does now <laughs> right i will yeah i don't know what it, but I, I i will guarantee something good that there, there's zero chance of it happening right right anyway. um yeah i don't know and but uh what else was there i don't like i'm like i don't really know how much you can blame him because apparently so like the light year movie was kind of a, a dud there's a movie that there's a bunch of billboards for that i've never heard anything about called strange world that apparently made just an absurdly low amount of money which Again, he's he's not animating it. He's not greenlighting scripts. Like I, I don't know necessarily how that's entirely his fault. I mean, yeah, just anyway. Been Disney is trying is is looking at layoffs across the board to rein in content spending. Uh, this has been a trend that's not specific to Disney, but just all across the board. When everybody freaked out when Netflix had their first subscriber contraction in fifteen years or whatever, like everybody's like, oh shit, like stuff has to make money now. We're not just at the let's make 600 TV shows every year as an industry. And that's not necessarily working. Like that's hitting Disney at the same time. And that's where I, I like many people have written this point, I, but I'm sure like Peter Kafka has probably interviewed some people who have said it really well, which is that like the Disney that Iger left and the Disney that he's walking into and specifically the competitive landscape in which that company will operate into is not at all the same. Not necessarily that he like that means he's going to fail, but like it's it's just that it's so different that it I, I I don't know like I think that that's a really important point to keep in mind is that people have so many options and also the economic situation like this is this is kind of a time where people look much more closely at evaluating costs and stuff like that where like. JPEG, like towards the end of his tenure, was like, "Oh, it, this stuff has to make money." Okay, well now Disney Plus, instead of being like this is this is a point that I've been uh, like banging the drum on forever, is that Disney Plus was always priced like not anti-competitively, but like ag- aggressively underpriced for the value of the content relative to what everybody else is, and it launched at six ninety nine a month, and I think what is it now? Like even for the non Disney bundle, like it's now eleven ninety nine. Like it's 
they're they've already started doing that like what what else are you going to do like he he's not going to have this magical thing where somehow the creative constraints on everybody to make amazing content that makes that is somehow vastly cheaper like I don't know. Like, this is the whole thing where people have been criticized. Like, and I, and I have as well, like where David Zaslav and all the Warner Brother people are basically destroying everything that HBO ever stood for because what was the the ver- the quote from The Verge of like, if we could just put Chip and JoJo on 24-7, like we would? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to think about, like, talk about how, how cheap and effective Fixer Upper and the HGTV style, like, uh, waiting room style tv concept is so effective and and monetizable whereas like oh making making mandalorian and and prestige tv is expensive and has limited rewards i don't know yeah yep all right another another kind of like tough break for chapik which i had kind of forgotten about until the you know the whole Iger thing happened last week is he he officially became CEO in February 2020, <laughs> which tough tough timing for becoming a CEO of a company that is you know his two big two biggest businesses are you know theatrical movie releases and theme parks, so wasn't wasn't yeah. necessarily dealt like the best hand. Yeah, you remember the thing when the when the pandemic hit. Disneyland got an exception Ooh. as like a, a essential business and it, continued it, to operate until fucking like eight, like the third week of April. No, no, no. It, it, it no, no, no. It, it was only a couple of extra days. But um, really, yeah. It, I think it was like it was like two, it was like two. It was like everything kind of shut down Wednesday, and they were given until Friday to shut down. Um, but no, there, uh, there's a there's a brutal. They, go, okay. go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, but like they, they, ah, it feels like longer than a few days. No, it, 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 well, I mean, every, every day felt like a month back then, but no, it, it was okay. a couple of extra days and there, there, there's a, there's a, some brutal videos of, you know, people leaving that Friday night and like cast members are like happily waving bye to people. Like it's, get the fuck out. it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's pretty, pretty rough. Uh, um, uh, yeah. All right, and then the last thing uh, I bring this up only because you made a good point. So going back to the this is oh, getting off Disney, but mm-hmm. no, no, on on, on Slack. Hey, <laughs> difficult. All right. Um, so rounding out the Disney stuff. So we were talking about Warner Brothers and David Zaslav's cost cutting thing. So there was some CNBC conference that he had an interview at, and then he where's the money quote. Uh, Zeslov said, uh, we have another couple years on the NBA, meaning the NBA contract. And Adam, in parentheses, Silver, NBA commissioner, is a friend of mine for 20 years. But we're going to be very, we're going to have to be very disciplined. We don't have to have the NBA. And if we do do a deal on the NBA, it's going to look a lot different. So how long has, like, just ballpark, how long has uh, TNT been, like, a, a, a premier broadcast partner of the NBA? Like, at least a decade, right? I mean, yeah, they they were the primary broadcaster like when we were in high school. So, I mean, it's been, hmm. yeah, it's been probably close to 20 years. Yeah. So, uh, apparently, uh, Zaslav is already kind of telegraphing that they think they're going to be able to spend less or get more for their same amount of spend, even though, um, going back to the NFL thing, like, NFL has been getting some of the most watched games 
in decades and the rights are probably not going to get cheaper. And the NBA is, I think, probably doing all right, too. I don't, I don't have the ratings data, but you know that more than I. But, um, yeah, they're saying that they don't view that live sports component as being essential to their um, fortunes in the future. And the other bit was that, uh, what was the thing? So the thing about the, 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 the inside the NBA. Okay. So yeah. So Warner brothers extended the inside the NBA, uh, on air talents contracts for 10 more years, not that long ago. And that would have to be an amazing, just a gigantic thing to have to basically eat the cost of if they somehow do not have the games to back it up just because who is tuning into TNT just as, see commentary on games that you aren't watching there yeah that 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 whole dynamic is is really weird i think i think there was there were some other quotes in this article which will be on the notes around how you know because tnt has that talent that it's actually like that talent that drives some people to to watch the games and so if the nba were to go elsewhere they would lose that and Mm. that might be true to a very small degree but it's definitely i mean it's definitely additive like i'm like i'm more apt to watch a game that i wouldn't have cared much about if i know the people presenting it or doing commentary are people i like but it's not not much i mean everything i continue to to read is that every time major sports rights come up for renewal particularly over the next you know five to seven years as all of these media companies are looking to establish their own streaming services the idea that those rights are going to go for anything less than like way more than what they previously did is i mean that's a that's a fantasy so i don't know that that seems like a really big misreading of the room um if you know Warner Brothers Discovery feels like they're going to be able to get some kind of sweetheart deal on the next NBA rights because that's that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But then, it, but then there, I mean that that would be I, that'd be such a bizarre scenario as if they end up not renewing their rights and then they've got you know the TNT crew renewed for seven more years. I, I have no idea what would happen there. As I made a joke online offline, they will do play by play for Fixer Upper. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm sure Charles Barkley has a lot of thoughts on Demo Day. Uh, do you have anything else or Chef Specials? I think it's time for Chef Specials. Let's do it. I have a lazy one. Um, that's the spirit. CarPlay. It's great. You know, I, as a owner of a Tesla, I have not really gotten to experience CarPlay over the last few years, but, um, with you know our new um, Acura MDX, which we talked about over the summer, um, it, it of course has CarPlay, like basically every other new car does these days. And you know, driving down to Southern California for Thanksgiving was our first long road trip in it. And Car CarPlay's great. There's really yeah. I don't I don't think there's anything I would change about CarPlay. It's it's wonderful, especially wireless CarPlay. That's mm-hmm. it's it's great. It really, yep. you know, as good as the Tesla software is, I I still do miss not having CarPlay in my car, especially when it comes to audio control. Yeah, definitely. Especially, well, actually, you know, shared car, you're probably not listening to that many podcasts, but that's one of the things that 
I assume probably isn't very good on That's ter- it's terrible. Tesla's thing. Yeah. Because like, you can't like scroll through a list of no. like, here's my un- no, 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 no. unlisten two episodes. Right. Yeah, no, I, I do get to do a little bit of that on these long car drives where, you know, if kids are taking naps or whatever, like I'll, you know, <laughs> throw on an episode of the daily. And that's just, it's, it's so great being able to control overcast through CarPlay. And that's just not mm-hmm. something I can do in my Model 3. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's great. Cool. The only, uh, the only, the only okay. minor gripe I have is I, so I've been using Apple Maps ever since we got the MDX just because that's kind of the, you know, default navigation experience in CarPlay. But I, I gave, you know, Google Maps a try this trip. Mm-hmm. And I, I find the Google Maps CarPlay stuff to be kind of buggy. I don't uh, know. If, I don't know if you run into that. Like nothing no. super annoying but no other than there's a bug that has been broken for like four years and it's really annoying is that when you do a voice search for a location it literally never works on the first time but other than that it's rock solid there's a there's a bug i don't know if it's like specific to the acura implementation or what but every time i get like a messages notification while google maps is pulled up when that when the little banner goes away in carplay the little menu, like the little settings menu drops down for a, for a moment, like where you can add a stop or change other settings. And then it goes away. They, as if Mm. like I try to access the settings menu. Not the settings menu, but on mine, like when you get a notification, it will like kind of the like thing that says like, Hey, exit 4.8 miles or whatever that will slide away for a second and it'll slide back into view, but it doesn't go to settings. Yeah, but with with mine, the little drop down thing from the top comes down where you can like add a like stop. Says add stop. Yeah, yeah, that yeah that happens. But I guess yeah, but, but, is like, but why that that, sh- that shouldn't happen because that that should only come down if you invoke that to come down. Huh. I never that's never bothered me or that that's never it, uh, maybe it, like what's the like aspect ratio of the MDX's screen? I mean, it, it's a it's a nice big you know wide you know wide display, so it's not like it. Right, blocks because, the like, map or anything but well yeah then what does it matter well it, it's just it's just annoying like why why does that happen <laughs> uh because maybe because somebody texted you you gotta add a stop now <laughs> it's google's trying to predict you yeah, yeah i don't know I, that, that is, actually that is how it works and that's literally i've never thought about it until now and that does not bother me that that seems like a bug to me but anyway it just it's not it's not as polished um as google maps but its directions are a bit better so you mean the Apple Maps? Um, well, yeah, but yeah, they, so Apple Maps is prettier, but yeah. it, it actually it's well, prettier, it, it's but but it's actually less of, functional. No, like that's yeah. like so that's the thing where actually hold on, yeah, you, you brought this up, so you did this to yourself. Hold on, um, yeah, I should take a screenshot of this. So, because I don't know why I accidentally opened up Apple Maps. And yeah, like the directions, like it, it, when you're in a place with like landmarks and stuff, like it, it's like the 3D view of the city and like of landmarks, like it looks very, very pretty, but it's got so much extraneous information. Like if I'm navigating, like I don't need to know what's on the side of the route in terms of like, yeah, it's prettier, but like Google Maps's directions and also like the density and relevance of information is way better. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree. But now, but now that you said that's probably that uh, the the ad stop thing's probably going to drive me insane. Oh, it, it, yeah, I just I don't. But, but why? It I doesn't matter. It. But but it's, it's it just seems like a bug to me. Um, but anyway, oh. like it actually to end this like on a more positive note, like that it, to me that is the beauty of CarPlay is that you're not stuck with any specific piece of software. Well, for the first year you were. Well, yeah, um, I, I kind of have the benefit of coming into it later, but like being able to <laughs> to bounce back and forth between Apple Maps and Google Maps and being able to go from like Apple Music to Overcast, like that's that's really great. Mm-hmm. It's it's really good. And that uh did you ever the 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 combo view is nice. So the thing that you it have is. the button yeah. where yep. you get to you get to see like your album art and like some basically like play pause controls and also the map view. Super nice. That's, that's pretty nice. Yeah, especially on a longer drive that that's that's great. Yeah. All right, for me, uh this one we already talked about it at length, so super short and sweet. The hue play bar thing. Mm. Got one. It's mm. it's sixty bucks, it's nice. Yeah, the other complication with my setup too though is that my OLED has like two windows behind it so there's not there's not a big solid wall behind it oh well then for that particular case well but you could also put it behind the media console period and it would just kind of illuminate just like the back of it a little bit yeah, i don't know yeah 